Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Babes Talking Business podcast. Today's episode, we have the lovely Kaylee Gray. She's a body confidence expert, a registered dietitian, a speaker, a corporate wellness consultant, a non-diet coach, and an incredible author. Having struggled with disordered eating in her teenage years, Kaylee is really incredibly passionate about helping teams and women all around the world be free from dieting and help them feel confident with their body image once again. When she's not running her empire, My Food Culture, which reaches clients all around the globe, you can find her in her beautiful Sunshine Coast home, living her mission and doing as she preaches, living a life of health and wellness. In this episode in particular, we dive into topics like what it can really be like transitioning into the coaching space. I know a lot of our listeners are coaches of some sort and could potentially be transitioning into one-on-one coaching or wanting to open their own practice. And Kaylee really does give us a beautiful insight into what it was like for her. We also talk about working out how much you should charge per hour. Kaylee shares her personal face down moments and her mindset that helped her overcome those times. And we also talk about some pretty real truths about entrepreneurship that most people don't really consider before becoming a business owner. You can find all of Kaylee's social media links in the show notes below so that you can connect with her as well as grab access to her book, her website and her Instagram. We'd like to take this moment to say a massive special big thank you to our beautiful sponsors, The Health Style Emporium. You can find them over at www.thehsc.net or just search the hashtag TheHSC or TheHSCCoach on Instagram. This is a beautiful online holistic program for women, which really helps people to become intuitive with their bodies, learn how to eat. We also dive into mindset and spiritual health and emotional health, as well as physical health. You can also check out our website over at www.babestalkingbusiness.com where we have loads of more information, including upcoming events we have around the year. Don't forget, if you love this episode, let us know. Head over to the iTunes app and we'd love for you to rate us with five sparkly stars. And don't forget to leave your handle so that we can shout you out on Instagram because we choose one winner every week to shout out and share with our tribe. So without further ado, we're so excited for you to listen to this total powerhouse, the beautiful Kaylee Gray. I'm so excited. We have the beautiful Kaylee Gray on the show today. How are you, beautiful? I am fantastic. Thank you. How are you beautiful ladies? We're good. We're so excited to chat with you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for providing this space. And can I just say, I've been binge listening your podcast and it's amazing and such a wonderful, inspirational, educational resource for, for business entrepreneurs out there. So thank you. Thanks, beautiful. That means a lot. I know when we were chatting, we connected online. This is what I love about just the online space. Mm. I mean, it could be mm. such a beautiful place to just to connect with other women who have similar values and visions. And mm. obviously we were chatting and I heard your story about you used to work in corporate as well and you're really passionate about health and especially nutrition. So mm. for a lot of women who maybe um, don't know who you are, um, I've been reading your book, Body Confidence, actually. But for a lot <laughs> of women who don't know, do you want to fill them in? And where did your business journey start for you? 
Yes. So um, I'm a dietitian clinically in my background, and I don't know if you guys can relate to this. I think you can, and certainly some of the people listening will. I just had that niggle in me that there was something more to offer. Mm. And so I got into dietetics because I had struggled with an eating disorder. And, you know, 10 years ago when I was going through university and, and doing my degree, that wasn't as widely talked about as it is today. It was very taboo. Um, and then when I went and I started working with people in the real world, I found that, you know, this is something that needed to be talked about, but I didn't have the courage initially to go out and do it on my own. But I think it was a couple of things that forced me eventually. It was a stifling feeling in my soul that I think there is certainly a wonderful place for traditional healthcare, but I love juicy conversations, the belly to belly deep stuff with people and our Medicare infrastructure just isn't set up for that kind of service offering. So I wanted to be able to offer more and I wanted more in my life as well. So, um, you know, it's really been five years now finding my feet in business two and a half years officially running in my current company, which is my food culture. Um, and I think, you know, I'm fully working full time now in that business, but initially it was a lot of straddling. I did everything from retail through to, um, you know, barista to, you know, you name it, um, to kind of get things floating. And I've had help along the way as well. So it's not been linear. It's not been easy, but my God, it's worth it. Isn't it? When you get to yes. get to the place you've been dreaming about. Yeah. I can certainly we both can working in bars and hospitality I'll never forget my last shift in hospitality I literally <laughs> cried of gratitude so I, was like, no more. So I love that you've come from that and that this was a side hustle for you once upon a time mm. and now it's obviously your baby that you do and, and dive into how long were you working in corporate for before you like really started to get that inkling that you wanted something different? So I think if I was completely honest with myself, even in prac, you know, the final year of university, you're out on placement and I was going, oh, this is not what I anticipated it would be like four years ago when I signed up for this. <laughs> but on a really deep level, it was probably two years in when, uh, you know, it was starting to affect my health. I was quite burnt out as a lot of, you know, new health professionals are. We're not given skills to cope with empathy and the emotional load that comes with, you know, working in that space of very sick people, you know, up to 10 hours a day was, was a typical work day for me in clinic back then. Um, and, you know, I think the, uni the universe kind of presented me with a few different serendipitous opportunities, but because I'd I'd, my heart was open to that and I was so ready for it. I took them as well. So, uh, yeah, two years in, I think, was when I properly made the first leap, which, interestingly enough, was into a nutrition, media and marketing role. So I was writing for magazines. I was doing a little bit of freelance on the side. Still had my toe in the water clinically as well, so to speak, to keep my, um, my consulting relevant, but I was doing really deep creative work for that third year, which um, has been so helpful being in business as well. I viewed it kind of as my internship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. And for, for those who are listening, who are wanting to get into that coaching space, I'd love to hear your experience with the transition, because obviously like mm. being in a clinical setting versus being your own boss and and being you know the business owner of 
the practice, what was that like? Because I know a lot of people think, mm. oh, my God, it sounds amazing. Like, I can't wait. But let's hear about the realness <laughs> behind that. So I wish I had a really glossy, beautiful Instagram-worthy success story to be like, oh, it was just effortless and beautiful and totally in flow initially. It wasn't. There were lots of tears. And thank goodness I've got a very supportive, loving partner. Um, you know, you need those kind of foundational people in your life to, to, to lean on a bit through this period because you know before this podcast went live I was sort of saying to girls you know business brings up every single insecurity doubt about self what like it mirrors all your stuff right back up to you and that certainly did rear its head and continues to at times along the way as well so But I'll answer your question in a very practical sense, which is um, I would advise anybody considering moving into coaching to not just jump ship straight away. (laughs) My experience was it was quite a slow start. And, um, you know, health professionals, we work in that paradigm of you're charging, you know, a set amount, a set fee for an hour of your consulting time. And then, you know, the, the payment model for coaching is very different, which I think it's mutually beneficial to both parties because I give so much value to my coaching clients now and um, I I get better value in return for my time and effort and expertise as well Um, but it was really uncomfortable charging that money initially and so a lot of people said no to start with and I had to go and find mentors and and coaches and courses to upskill and learn how to position and market myself in a way that's not like sleazy selling but in a, you know, in a way that gives you the confidence to communicate your value to the, the, the people you're trying to reach. Um, so, yeah, that was an abysmal failure probably for the first six months, <laughs> if I think realistically. Um, and then, you know, I had a, my first few clients trickling in for the next six months and, you know, I'm I'm almost too busy at this point in time, client, you know, coaching-wise. So it takes time and I think, yeah, being honest and kind to yourself as you're learning new skills. I mean, you didn't learn to become a a health professional overnight. Why would you expect yourself to be a badass, like, (laughs) you know, successful entrepreneur overnight as well? (laughs) Yeah, so true. And I don't know, I might even use this as a space for me to get vulnerable too, but I know when I pivoted from like the corporate and working in child protection, being like a psychologist, like having the psychology background to working as a Mm. life coach, like, you know how you said, like, business is one of those things that just has a way of bringing up all your insecurities and mirroring your shit back to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember one of the things for me, and it's still, sometimes it still comes up, it was just kind of like, I feel like I was an academic and people have this wishy-washy sense around a coach, like, oh, but anyone mm. can be a coach. And leaving corporate, I kind of felt like I'd worked so hard for something that was like an ego or pride around working mm. up a corporate ladder to them being like, you know what, like, I'm just going to be a coach. Um, and it's not just a coach, what we do online in what women doing in this space is amazing. But I know for me, it's like, I kept having to be like, I'm not getting the same credibility that I wanted, or I'm not getting that same recognition and people don't recognize. Yeah. I did work in corporate. Does that change something? Or yeah, I did actually go to uni and I've got these years of degree behind me working, working in clinical. Does that give you any more value for my time and services? So I'd love to know when you were kind of making your pivot, did any of that nasty stuff come up for you? Oh my gosh, I relate to every single thing you just said then, Lois, 100%. And I also, even still today, sometimes 
feel insecure about how I'm perceived by other health professionals even, which is ridiculous, isn't it? Because like, what does anybody's opinion of you really matter if you know in the depths of your soul that you are being of service and doing a good job? Um, but I think you're right. There is that sort of like, I would almost call it like academic snobbery a little bit about like, you know, we're, people can be a bit territorial around their, their scope of practice. And sometimes with good reason, like, you know, you don't want anybody off the street performing surgery or something like that. <laughs> but when you do have so much to offer in this space as a coach, you know, it really speaks to, I think, a very female trait where we do tend to undervalue ourselves. And my mantra Anytime I feel that niggle of, you know, self-doubt or criticism popping up, it's like, I am enough. I am enough. I make a positive difference to others, but it's, it's a conscious, deliberate effort. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it mm. totally does. And I'm just, cause, cause we're all coming in similar spaces, obviously Shane coming from a clinical background as well, being a nurse and working in practice. Um, I know, and the biggest intention behind this podcast was we wanted to create a space where women can just like have these, these belly to belly or screen to screen <laughs> conversations about what really goes on behind business and get rid of the smoke and mirrors. Cause another thing I know about you, but I'll talk about another vulnerability or thing that came up for me pivoting in business too, was when women were making that pivot to being a coach and working in an online space, they start talking and posting about having these six-figure launches and, oh, my gosh, mm. like it happened overnight and I'm, like, working for myself full-time now and, oh, my gosh, you can have a six-figure month too. And it's like, mm, what's the reality <laughs> of, like, how long did you build that up? And um, I know you said, like, you're at a point now where you're at capacity, but how many years and what were all the face-down moments that got you there? Because I know for a lot of coaches <laughs> on the line, they're like, why am I not making six figures a month? And how do you yeah. even find enough clients to do that? Like, what the hell? Oh, my gosh. So I have a graveyard of embarrassing blogs and websites <laughs> that I've started. <laughs> like, if you if you were to log into my Squarespace account, you'd see, like, you know, all the ones that are expired and stuff. So yeah. I, um, you know, I had a lot of false starts and failures. I went into business with another health professional five years ago and virtually put all my personal savings into that. And for various different reasons in her life, she couldn't hold up that business. And so we lost everything. And I mean, it's devastating when you lose your time, your, your, your money, but it was the time, the late nights, cause that was a side hustle on top of my nine to five at that point. So, um, I felt not jaded for a good year, but kind of just creatively exhausted and depleted. So I went and got a, a nine to, you know, I stick stuck with the nine to five and just allowed my soul and spirit to kind of replenish after that big failure. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, if something's calling to you strong enough, you will find a way. Um, and I'm still finding my way. Like I said to you before, I, I still don't have the perfect business. I still don't have it figured out. I mean, you know how long it takes for me to get back to you on Messenger, Lauren? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm kind of at that point, tipping point where I need a little bit of support and I've, have, you know, haven't quite figured that out yet. But um, yeah, realistically, from when I first gave it a proper go in terms of generating income, that was five years ago. And it's only, you know, 
only really been making a proper living for the last 18 months. Yeah. So. That's amazing. It's, and that's what I mean. I want more people to hear those stories yeah. because a lot of people are just seeing the smoke and mirrors and they don't realise the years have gone on in the background and so many women are doing amazing things and have got amazing mm. gifts and they're giving up on themselves because they've been doing it for six months and they haven't got the results. They've been going for 12 yeah. months. It's like... It takes most people, you go through university, like you said, it took you four years to even learn how to be a practitioner. Like, you're not going to learn how to be a successful entrepreneur overnight either. Like, give yourself the same four-year grace. Totally. And you've got to have the face-down moments. Like, they they are part of the journey. And I think when people sign up to entrepreneurship, they think, oh, my God, it's so cool. Like, I can say I have a side hustle or I can say I have a business and like having a business for some reason has been put on a pedestal but what people aren't sort of like realizing is that with that comes the face down moments the failures the mirror shining back everything that you're avoiding in every other aspect of your life the rejection the and the growth that you have to go through the self-worth that you need to grow it doesn't just happen overnight it's like you've got to go to the gym you've got to flex that muscle People forget or they – I think maybe they ignore the fact that that's a part of it or, or, maybe, or maybe they don't know. They don't know. That's yeah. why we need this podcast <laughs> because they don't know because people aren't talking about it. They're just saying <laughs> And it's funny because I'm personally – I had like a, a moment this week. I had a FaceTime moment. I'm just like every – it's so – everything's challenging me right now. I feel so mm. stretched and my partner in his own business is feeling the same. And I just mm. remember having a chat this week being like, one of the biggest lessons I think I've learned in the last four years of building my business is that entrepreneurship really isn't for everyone. Mm, like no. I, the more, I, as much as I think it's amazing and, and it's a, like, it, it can give you so much. The more I'm learning about people who I'm trying to mentor in business, it's just, some people just don't have what it takes. Some people don't have the grit or the vision or the work ethic and they just don't want it bad enough. And some people are better to that nine to five model as well. So and that's okay. That's perfectly yeah. okay. <laughs> perfect. We need those people. And like there's so many beautiful yeah. people in those jobs, but it's probably my biggest realization this week, just being like what it actually takes and being okay with some people just not being for all people. A hundred percent. Like, thank goodness we've got people who are prepared to go and work. In, my my um, partner works full time in a hospital, and thank God for that because mm-hmm. we need people who are you know happy and can yeah. survive and thrive in those environments and with that structure. Um, and I think too, Laws, like there's been times when I've asked myself. Not can I do this because I, you know, I believe that anything's possible for most people if you if you want it badly enough. But the question sometimes that I really reflect on is, am I willing to do this? Yeah. <laughs> and there has been times when sometimes, you know, it's I've been hanging on by a thread as to yes, because certainly when you've got lots of bills coming out of your ears, lots of no's, you know, strings of stuff not being in flow. Um, yeah, the pressure can be really high. And if you don't want to choose that for yourself, that's okay too. Yeah, Mm. sure. Well, let's talk about like how did you come back from that? Because, you know, what happened for you in your your first business, I've experienced something myself with a business that I started while I was at university that totally (laughs) flopped. And I, I would love to hear, like, what, what kind of work did you do to build your confidence back up and to give this another go? And, like, what, what would you say was the highlight thing that you, you implemented to, to give 
your passion, your business another shot? Hmm, that is a really great question. And, you know, it feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to really deeply think into that. So um, the first thing that springs to mind is to just keep learning. Like even if you don't know what your thing is yet, but you still know on some level that you want to be ready for it, keep being inspired, reading books, listening to podcasts like this, going to meetup groups, um, because I think learning for me has always sparked creativity myself as well. So I, um, during that period, for example, I did Marie Folio's B-School, which was fantastic. And and even though I wasn't sure what my business was just yet, I, it got me thinking. So continue to grow, continue to learn, give yourself that space and self-compassion and kindness as well. You know, um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm 32 as of a couple of weeks ago. And when I reflect back to the energy of my twenties, I was in such a rush for stuff. Whereas when I think about it, that year, that gap year, if you want to call it, when I wasn't working on anything business oriented, like that is, a, that is the tiniest little part of my life. Like if you need to take some time for yourself, go traveling. Yeah. If you're having a family, like whatever the case may be. Um, you can always create opportunities for yourself and we've got more time than we realize, I think as well. Mm. So yeah. Does that help? Yeah. I love that. It's really resonating with the, I think it was something you shared this week, Shan, on your Instagram about something about. Oh yeah. Like if it's in your nature, you can kill her confidence, but you'll never kill her ambition. Yeah. And it's like that, like even if something knocks you off the horse for a little bit or you need to take some time, if it's something that's deep within you, that ambition, you can't get rid of it, hey? It's, oh, you're wired. You are. <laughs> like even if everything fell on its face tomorrow in my business, I'd probably, like you said, I'd probably go back to a nine to five because I'd have, maybe if I had to, I'd be lucky to save, so I won't. But if I did, <laughs> but there's nothing, once you've got that taste of that and that ambition is in your blood, I don't mm. think you can ever you'll never give up on entrepreneurship. Like that's why yeah. people who, most people who are successful, they might've had three or four flops. You don't even hear about until they have their success, yeah. but they keep yeah. coming back because that ambition, it's deep. It's yeah. so deep. It <laughs> yeah, it is. And you know, you, you said something along the lines of that, that quote around confidence as well. I also think that um, if I can speak to that for a secie, that your fear doesn't necessarily ever completely go away. Like if anybody's listening to this going, you know, I'm just waiting till I feel fully confident and I'll put myself out there. Like I was literally breathing away the start of a panic attack as I was writing the copy for my website because I was coming out publicly about having had an eating disorder. My partner didn't know. My family didn't know. My friends didn't know. Um, So, you know, and I, I still get nervous and feel stretched you know, multiple times. So I think that the idea that you need to be confident all the time is a bit of a fallacy. It's like feel the fear but yeah. and take action in a way that aligns with what you really, really want for yourself and, and, and to be of service to this world as well. Yeah. Five-second rule, mm. hey? Five-second mm. What's that? It's a Mel awesome, Robbins. Yeah, an awesome book by Mel Robbins. She talks about um, a strategy where you just count back from five, like five, four, three, two, one, just do it. And it's just that <laughs> little second of courage can get you such a long way. And it's, mm. yeah. Amazing. And I think it's also perception of fear and anxiety because I am, I, I talk about it pretty openly now, but I get anxiety quite often. I still get it. Like I can feel an anxiety attack coming on, but 
I've learned mm-hmm. that it's just a perception of it. Like for me, anxiety is just excitement without breath. So if I learn mm-hmm. just to breathe into it and be like, oh my gosh, like why are my hands tingling? Why are my breaths getting short? And why is my heart racing? I'm actually really excited about something or I'm, I'm about to do something that's out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. that, yeah, it's going to be scary. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about you guys, but think back to the best things that have ever happened to you in your life, whether it was starting a business, whether it was going on your first date with your now hubby or finding out you were pregnant or traveling the world solo, like anything that's ever been the best thing that happened to you, I bet you before it happened, you felt scary scary or you were anxious. So I always think every time those feelings come up, if you let fear cheat you out of it, what you could be cheating yourself out of the best things that ever happened to you in your life. Like what's on the other side of that fear? So for me personally, if you're somebody who, who feels like you still struggle with fear or anxiety, that's how I kind of get through it, if that helps you in business or just in life. Mm-hmm. Good that's advice. beautiful. I love that. Preach, sister. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, I have a question for you um, around if we can go back to the coaching side of things. Something that mm-hmm. I noticed with a lot of um, girlfriends or women that I mentor is the – the whole choosing your price thing, the like, you know, and then the comparisonitis happens where you're like, oh, but that coach charges X amount and am I worth that? And ha- did that come up for you when you started your business? <laughs> I know people listening can't see my face, but I'm laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and it still does. Of course it does. Because, you know, when you've got that beautiful heart that wants to help and be of service, you know, it's kind of like if, if you can see, su- I don't know about you guys, but when I see suffering, or I see somebody in need. Um, I just want to jump in and rescue and save them. Um, and it's uncomfortable sort of saying, yes, but this is what it costs in exchange for the help that I offer. Um, Absolutely. I, I wouldn't say so much with the comparing specifically. I'm just trying to think um, if I compared to other coaches, probably more so what I might do is compare my perception of what my coaching practice looks like to mm-hmm. other people. Because if you, if you, in my experience, a lot of coaches aren't transparent necessarily about what they're charging their clients unless you are trying to engage in business with them. So I don't know about you guys. I find those figures hard to find out. Um, But, yeah, definitely, you know, I constantly have those questions of am I doing enough, am I making enough, am I good enough, constantly. It it never completely goes away for me. No, I don't think it does for anyone really, and it's just that, money story I guess isn't it like and that evolves like we, we all have a dirty money story and as we evolve as business owners and as we break through that glass ceiling then there's another one and then there's yeah. another one after that so yeah I yes. think that's normal. yeah I can I, I um I highly recommend finding a good coach to help you with this stuff mm-hmm. and I remember my coach my first good coach when she was telling me what I needed to start charging, I remember just like trying to hold back tears. It was such a, it it was like that squirmy, icky feeling in your belly. And I think when you've kind of got that feeling, you're about in the right price point. Mm -hmm. And she gave me some really helpful advice, which has been of comfort to me during this process, which is about about half of the people that you engage with should actually say no to your your services if you're priced accordingly. She's like, if you're, 
if you're priced in a way that everybody can access you, she's like, you can't scale your business or you're going to be completely depleted and burnt out and exhausted, which I've done multiple times. Um, so yeah, you, you actually, you're not going to be the right fit for everybody. And that is really okay. I love that. That's great Mm. advice. Mm, I love that too. I was only recently like faced with that challenge earlier this year because I went back. So I'm launching a book like we spoke about last week. And I wanted to like, just get myself familiar with my content. So I opened up my doors for life coach again, which I haven't done in four years because I've just Mm. been focusing on business coaching with babes in business. But it was that same thing. It was kind of like, like what what do I charge and like how much do I charge and that it challenges yourself worth you've got to put a price on your head again and like I haven't experienced that in ages because we've created a business that creates residual income so trying to think back to like a per hour figure I'm like oh this is challenging (laughs) yeah so you were thinking back to having to charge by the hour and 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 I think the the daunting thing about charging as a coach too is you're really selling yourself People are buying you and that's where all the vulnerability and scary, um, you know, self-questioning of your worth can so easily pop up. You're not selling a car or a product. Mm. If people reject that, so what? It's a material object. Yeah. It can, it can, it can feel like a personal rejection if you, if you don't have your own mindset and self-worth really clear. But, mm. And I guess that's like in any business, not just coaching, like it doesn't matter what type of business you have, your you have a product or a service that will help people in some way and you need to show people how that'll be of service to them. And that's essentially selling like, and I think some people forget that's, you know, that's what business is. It's about providing a service, but showing people why they will value it and why they will get um, something from that. And so many people like curl up when at the thought of that and freak out and think, oh no, this isn't for me or this isn't what I signed up for, but it's totally part of the game, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And it's okay to suck as well. Like I remember my first sales call vividly, like when I was when I was moving away from a consult by consult basis to a coaching package. And oh my gosh, it was so awkward and I did a terrible job and I still feel so sad for that lady (laughs) for the experience she got from me. Um, So it's it's okay to just be a bit messy and icky whilst you're figuring it out. Like all things, the more you practice it, the more it will Mm. become comfortable and and you will create more ease and confidence around it. But you've got to do it. You've got to get started right. I'm loving this conversation. It's bringing back so many of those feelings that I had in like the yeah. first two years of my business, just like the <laughs> uncomfort. Like we still have them now, but not as frequent because we do yeah. it so regularly. But just at the start, the fumbling, the word vomiting, the rejection. Yeah. The, oh, it it yeah. was so icky starting off. Do you know, <laughs> like this is such a funny story. I can remember my first sales call as well. So this is hilarious because I'm just going to explain it to you guys. I, <laughs> I, had, I did a post on Instagram and I, it was like pretty much saying like, I'm open for business and like anyone who wants to coach with me, get in touch. And so this lady had like messaged me and she was like, I'd love to learn more. And all of a sudden, like my heart starts beating and I'm like, holy crap, what am I going to say? And so I wrote, I wrote like hand wrote a script on a piece of paper out of a notepad and I ripped it out of the book. And then I put it in my handbag because she wanted me to call her, which I was like not even planning to do. So I had to call her, but I was running errands and I remember I was driving home 
and um, it was like, say, 12.30 when I had to call. So I pull my car over. I'm in my little Toyota Yaris. I pull over on the side of the road and I get my little scrunched up piece of paper with my script on it. And I'm like talking to her on the phone, following my notes. And I signed her up, my first client. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. And well done. I have that piece of paper still. I actually do. It's in my office. <laughs> and, you know, I think there's, there's such gold in that, what you've just shared, because so many people do not want to jump on the phone and actually connect with another human these days. Like social media is a fantastic tool, but I'm, I'm willing to bet that on some level that lady signed up with you because she wanted to buy the essence of you, which only comes out so much on social media, but you know, having that conversation, showing that you cared enough to pick up the phone and call her, um, there's so much value in just the act of that reaching out that way. So mm. uh, well done. I wish I could say that my first go was as good as that. No, it wasn't good. It was, it was so bad, but it worked. <laughs> but you still got the outcome you wanted. So yes. well done. It. Yeah, that's amazing. So if you're new guys to business and you're feeling these feelings, we've all been. <laughs> it wasn't free. They're totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. Feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> so I'd love to know maybe before um, we close up, just if there's, I know there's a lot of people listening to this who um, are in business or wanting to get into business. So this advice can apply to them too. But I really want to ask, because I know a lot of girls who listen to this are women who are passionate about health and wellness. They're working in the health and wellness systems. Mm. Um, what advice would you give to women like that who maybe want to make more of an impact and then not enjoying working in the nine to five corporate and they can feel that tug what Mm. advice would you give to those ladies Mm. so much my brain just splintered in about a thousand different directions Mm. (laughs) um so I think the first thing is to get in touch with like your core why and I know that's a really cliche thing that you hear bandied a lot with business advice but it is something I draw on all the time and I think having that clear sense of purpose and why you want to make an impact is also an asset for you when you decide that it's time to take action so um, that would be the first thing but in a practical sense I think you've got to look after your financial health first I think so many entrepreneurs fail because they go out on their own, like you said earlier, kind of expecting that quick success um, and by necessity almost have to throw the towel in early whilst they're, um, you know, to support themselves and pay their bills again. So I think also today being such an instant gratification kind of society, it is okay to have a season of tilting into maybe you are working full-time and doing just a few hours on the weekend and kind of like slowly tilting it over as your revenue increases. What is it? I think you called it strategic imbalance in an episode, which I really loved. So if you know that this is something that you will regret, if you never go out and try it, go and try it, but be willing to be strategically imbalanced in the domain of work for a season so that you can look after your financial health as a buffer to slowly increase your practice on the side. Don't just jump all in and expect that it's just going to be like magic overnight. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, <laughs> just let that resonate for a second. You're guys. talking our language. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be doom and gloom because no, every, anything is possible. There's so much abundance out there. It is the, honestly, I think the most 
incredible time to be an entrepreneur and there are so many opportunities, but in the interest of your sanity and in the interest of having longevity and stamina behind your dreams, you know, the reality is we need to um, have a bit of support and place whilst we're transitioning over, I think. So yeah, that's one thing I wish I'd understood a bit differently. I love it. Boom. I think we could end it just there. I want everyone to just listen to that, take that in and re-listen to that again. Women, we just want it all. We want it all now and we're fired Mm -hmm. up and we're hungry, but that's how you burn out. Yeah. So um, I really love that we got to end that on that note because I think it's just so important and so many women need to hear that right now as well. Totally. Mm -hmm. Callie, thank you so much for your time today, beautiful. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I love this. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure chatting with you and just getting to know you with your business hat on because what you've created is obviously inspirational and I know there are so many women that would just love to have a business like yours but it's just so good to hear the behind the scenes and behind behind the curtain I should say yeah and I'll make sure I pop in the notes um you guys want to head over and see Callie's business she's got a beautiful book as well called Body Confidence which I am nearly finished but I love there's so many activities in there to help you actually apply what you're learning around being happy and being healthy and having that confidence within your body as well so thank you for being you ah thank you for being you <laughs> thank you so much girls We hope you've loved today's episode of the Babes Talking Business Podcast. We're loving bringing you these episodes. Our mission really is to share and add value to your week, whether you're a budding entrepreneur or you're a veteran and you've been owning your own business for quite some time. Don't forget, if you're loving our podcast, we would absolutely love and appreciate for you to rate us and drop in some love on the iTunes app by giving us some feedback. We want to do something really exciting and we want to do a shout out of the week every week on our Instagram for anyone who reviews us. So please make sure you leave us five sparkly stars and you give us your feedback, but don't forget to add your Instagram handle or website so that we can shout you out. You can follow us on Instagram at Babes Talking Business, or you can check out our website at www.babestalkingbusiness.com. You can check out the Health Style Emporium Online Holistic Health Program, our beautiful sponsors over at www.thehsc.net. All of these links are available below in our podcast notes and on our website. Thanks for tuning in.